AA Beyond Belief is a podcast by, for, and about people who have found a secular path to sobriety and Alcoholics Anonymous. So today we're going to try a question and answer episode. This is your opportunity to interview Angela and I. You can ask us a question about our own personal journeys in recovery, or maybe about the podcast, the website, AA Beyond Belief, or the experience of simply walking a secular path in AA. So if you have a question you would like to send in uh, to stimulate the discussion, You can do so through the chat feature in YouTube and Facebook, or you can call us at 844-899-8278. Well, Angela, here we are again, another Friday, and we are live streaming on YouTube and Facebook. How about that? (laughs) That is what we're doing. (laughs) It's our Friday Friday night thing. Friday night thing, yeah. How was your day? It's not been bad. I just worked and uh, we have summer hours. So I get off at 2.30 on uh, Fridays and during the summertime. And so that's really nice. I like that because I can just kind of shut down at 2.30, take a little nap, take the dog for a walk and uh, be ready for this. So yeah, sounds nice. How about you? How'd your day go? Um, I was a bit cranky um, <laughs> earlier in the day. Um, I didn't get a lot of sleep. It's been super hot here and, and just did not cool down last night. And so, so yeah, so, um, so yeah, I was a little bit agitated easily earlier today. Um, but I, you know, I don't think anyone noticed, so I'm sure, I'm sure it's fine. And, uh, <laughs> but no, I, 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 had a rough morning, um, but I listened to some podcasts in the afternoon and kind of, you know, got myself evened out and, uh, and, you know, made it clear to anybody who follows us in the Facebook groups and stuff that, oh. <laughs> uh, that I truly am an alcoholic. <laughs> I probably requalified myself with my reactivity, but, um, but I'm surprised yeah. I still have friends on Facebook. I have, I have, <laughs> 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 well, I only tend to be reactive in um, the Facebook groups, you know, the um, not on my active page, you know, that I, I keep it up appearances of, you know, being a solid person in, in recovery or, you know, just a solid neighbor and stuff, um, you know, post pictures of my dog, things like that. I love those pictures, by the way. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Thanks. I have one I need to upload. Um, one of the girls wrapped Toby up um, in her burrito blanket. It's really funny. Anyway. So, yeah, so that's kind of how my day was. But I, I, like I said, I listened to a couple of really great podcasts. And, uh, and so they might come up a little bit tonight oh, and, and stuff that we talk about. And, uh, and anything that to? I do talk about, I'll, I'll list. Um, somebody sent me one on, um, on what, what was the name of it? Um, Tra- Trauma in the 12 Steps um, by Dr. Jamie uh, Marich. And it was on a web, or it was on a podcast that I'd never listened to before that was on um, on sex and love addiction. Someone's and, calling uh, us already. I can't believe it. Wow. <laughs> All right. Well, anyway. I'm sorry about that. Yeah. Well, how about this? Who's this? Hello? Hi. My name's Bill from St. Louis. Hey, Bill. What's up? Hi, John and Angela. Well, uh, I just wanted to call in. I uh, I had a, a couple ideas and uh, thought I'd 
sure I'm with you. Um, I just love you guys' uh, podcast. I've been listening to it for uh, quite a while. Gosh, I know it's been over a year, but I don't know how long you've been doing this. But I listened to the podcast, and then um, now that you've been doing the Friday night thing in lockdown, um, I, I look forward to that. Um, this is my first time listening live. Um, I don't normally uh, – Friday night is kind of a chill time with uh, me and my family. So, But uh, – but I was looking for a way to submit the question ahead of time, and uh, then uh, earlier tonight, a couple hours ago, I was going to put it in a chat window, and uh, I thought, oh well, I'll just I'll just set aside a block and um, and do it live because I know, you know, I listen so much that I know you guys are are uh, you guys are usually looking for uh, feed, live feedback. We are. We love it. Yeah, yeah, John gets really excited. You've you've made his I night do. already. Whenever I see a call, it's like, oh god, someone's actually calling. <laughs> it means somebody's listening. Oh, cool. <laughs> All right, what's your question? Okay, um, well, just a, a short little background. I got a little, a uh, couple of little over a couple of years sobriety. Um, I uh, I use alternative programs. I'm not an AA member. I I always say, um, you know, if I knew there was something out there besides AA, I I'm probably would have tried to get sober or I would have tried to program a long time sooner than I did. Um, but, uh, so I used, um, smart recovery and SOS secular organization for sobriety. Um, and, uh, in fact, uh, a funny little thing, a couple weeks, the week before last, um, our weekly meeting, they were talking about AA and, um, the problems with the group, you know, the, the problems that they had. And, and that comes up. But in this particular meeting, um, as they went on for, you know, a good 20 minutes or so talking about what their experience was, I felt like I felt like I was listening to your podcast. You know, it was like, oh, I I'm already have already heard everything they're saying. <laughs> so you guys put a really good hand, uh, put a really good, put a really good thing on it. Um, and I appreciate the the insight you guys have about your experience with it and what you think the problems are because people, I hear people bellyache and complain about it, but they don't give concrete evidence about what the problems with the, um, you know, with the, the program. Usually they just talk about the or like, uh, John, I know you say about the, um, you know, that it was written, uh, what, 80 years ago, right. it was written in the forties. Yeah. And, um, that's, that's a good example of, you know, what, why they're you know they they don't change um so i'll go ahead and get on to um what i wanted um i i was uh, wondering if you guys would like to talk about um self-care um and in that i mean um making sure that a person is well rested that they have good nutrition um that they're you know they have a clean body hygiene and their surroundings um and uh, how that pertains to um, having your best uh, physical and mental condition for uh, prevention of relapse. Um, I don't know if that's something that you guys uh, focus on personally, but I haven't really heard it discussed on your on your podcast. Um, I never went through uh, re. I've, I went to uh, detox, but I never did a, a residential facility. Um, and when I was an outpatient, um, they talked about self care a lot, and I know it's also. Um, it's also an aspect that they stress for um, people with um, with health, uh, mental health issues. And then, um, secondly, um, if uh, if you guys uh, and and these were ahead of time. I heard these. La- I heard you looking for suggestions or questions last week. And um, you could even talk about this on a future, you know, episode. If you know, if you don't have a ready answer. But um, 
I was wondering what if you guys have any um, tools or practices that you use for stress management and uh, prevention uh, methods that you guys use just to keep yourself strong. Um, I mean, I know you guys have a lot of years under your belt, and, and it gets easier the longer you go, but um, just any tools you guys use. Well, those for, are both... Uh, those are both good questions. Uh, boy, that one about qu- that self-care, that, you know what, that, that's one place I think where in AA anyway, we, we do fall short because it's really not mentioned anywhere in our literature. And, you know, back in the old days, we just sat around and smoked cigarettes and drank coffee, you know, <laughs> so there really wasn't any emphasis whatsoever on, on health. Yeah. Um, I think for when I'm working the, the steps or taking somebody through the steps, we kind of talk about in step two, there is some of that in there because instead of seeking, you know, a, 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 a spiritual power greater than ourselves or mystical or something like that, um, we uh, write down different tools that we already, you know, like to do. So going for walks or taking a bath or, you know, coloring or journaling or, um, you know, hanging out with our dog, things like that. Um, we make a list of those things um, as being something that we can turn to um, when we're stressed or um, struggling as we're going through the steps and, and continuing to gain tools because those are tools that that uh, we already have um, in our in our lives, things that we like to do or, and things that benefit us. We just don't necessarily think of them as tools or as um, something to help with with stress. Um, the physical stuff, um, I I believe, um, staying sober without God, Jeffrey Munn's book. Um, he 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 does address that, and that's one of the the great things about that book there there's a lot of good stuff about it um but that is one that that i think he really did a good job of that um that not many other pieces of literature that i know of right now um talk about which is you know the physical um of you know looking at at yoga the the actual physical part of, of meditative practice of sitting and exercise and eating better and things like that and there are there is a version of the 12 steps where it does say that specifically as we we stopped smoking and uh, started eating healthy and stuff like that i don't hear it very very often but um but there is a version that includes that so um for me, Angela, I did start addressing that after about 10 years of sobriety. And, but for me, it, the, um, what happened was I was, I was sober for 10 years, but I was really struggling with depression. So I started going to therapy and uh, my therapist was focusing on physical things. Like he said, you know, you, you need to stop smoking, you need to start walking and all this kind of stuff. And he was just kind of um, letting me, he was kind of teaching me about how physical activity can help me with my mood and my overall health. And so I did start paying attention to that. And that, that was a time when I joined a gym and I started running and, and, and exercising and all that kind of stuff and, and learning about new different, different ways of um, taking care of myself and uh, nutrition. And it was really a great time for me. And, and, but my problem is I'm not very consistent with it, you know? Um, and I haven't been for a couple of years now. So I almost feel like, so like, I feel like, you know, I could tell you, yes, I know, I know how important it is and how, what to do, but man, I'm not doing it right now. So I feel kind of guilty about even <laughs> talking about it, but you know, in a way I, I, I mean, it's something that I think about, I mean, don't, all I do now, um, I think since COVID I've not been eating as well as I was pre COVID. And I don't know why that is other than I'm, 
I'm at home working and it's easy to run off and get snacks and that kind of thing. So I'm not eating very healthy. Uh, my sleeping is getting better, but, and ex- as far as exercise goes, just taking my dog for walks. But I noticed that I've changed a lot since, since my um, ability to, you know, travel very far away from my house has been limited. Yeah. Yeah. That is a good point. And I think a lot of people can relate. I, I know I can as well. Um, so I think it would probably also fall under the self-care of the, what we're going through right now is, is difficult for everyone, not just people in recovery that, um, um, you know, and people with various, various time in, in recovery, because, you know, this is a different situation. So being kind to ourselves and, and, uh, you know, and not, not expecting, you know, um, yourself to do a, a new schedule where you're like, okay, I'm going to get up every morning at 6am and I'm going to go for a run and, you know, things like that, you know, maybe just do little incremental things. That's of, right. That's uh, what you do. You know. Yep. And yeah. Cause that's what we did in early recovery, that's right. you know, one little I step at a time. Us, it's yeah, like you have to keep yeah. it in front of your mind, but it is really important. I'm much, much better off. Um, I think in every possible way, if I eat right and I exercise and have some balance, it's balance, having balance in, in your life. So I don't know if that answers your question very well, but it is really important. And it would be good to have an episode. You know, I actually did talk to Tommy Rosen once. I did an episode with him and he, he um, you know, is in uh, does recovery 2.0. He's really big into nutrition and physical fitness and yoga and all that stuff as part of his recovery and he thinks it's essential, you know, and I had a really great conversation with him on that podcast. He was, he was really a very inspiring person. Um, but, um, you know, I just, <laughs> I really need to get off my butt, start doing something. <laughs> Some of that. Yeah. So is that a bad answer? <laughs> no, no, it's an honest answer. I think that's what people expect from us. <laughs> what, what I really didn't, think about ahead of time was you know with AA I suppose um so just like well here's the steps this yeah. is the program you do this that's what you you know yeah that's what it takes yeah so they don't really they focus don't on other aspects they don't but, uh, you know I studied I the smart I studied smart I got my smart um certificate some time ago mm-hmm. uh, yeah but I I and, and I haven't done much with it since then and I I, I know that there's there is a stage where you go through where you do where you do focus on that. Does Smart talk about that more so than we than we do in AA? Yeah, yeah. Smart just that's all that it's about. Um, cognitive behavioral therapy um, strategies strategies for prevention. Um, one of their you know um, achieving a, or leading a balanced life is um, their one of their core tenets. Um, you know, coping with urges and cravings. Um, and maintaining, you know, maintaining a balanced life. Um, that's that's all they do. They have worksheets, handouts at their meetings, and you know, other than the sharing in the meeting, intentional about that. I, I think it's implied from AA. Um, it's just not as blatant, <laughs> you know. So you'll hear it from p- people's individual shares. You know, certain people who are really into it will talk about it in meetings, but you don't really see it so much in the literature or just in the, you know, the, the, the actual program itself. But it should be right. Yeah, I think they're both about you know getting uh, a daily lifestyle change, basically learning how, how to do that. And we start with our, you know, substance of choice uh, of not doing that and then start adding things that we can do that are healthier and, 
And yeah. And you know, as far as stress goes, um, that's a different thing for me now. I, I don't really feel, if I ever feel stress, it's just during the day at work, you know, where um, I've just got a lot, of, I'm, you know, you like all of us, I'm multitasking. I got a lot of stuff going on at the same time. I got, you know, deadlines to meet and people wanting me to do this and that. And I just feel like this adrenaline kind of building up in me and so forth. And uh, I just, uh, when, <laughs> when I notice it, I'm pretty good about getting my dog and going for a walk, you know, and uh, that's, that's basically what I do, but I don't, I don't really think about it other than I'm just feeling, I'm feel stressed. I got to get the hell out of here is how is, is my reaction, you know? Um, but it does, it does help, but that's where I feel the stress. I don't feel it in any other area of my life right now. Now, when I was new, I, I had, well, I don't know if you'd call it stress, but it was just the fear of life, I guess. You know, the the the, the trauma of, of what was going to be happening to me because of all the problems from my drinking that still hadn't played out, all that. And that was really difficult. And um, I did, at that time, I would just surround myself with people as much as I could. Being alone was really hard for me. Um, and uh, that that was really essential for me, I guess, at that time. Um, so yeah. Yeah. What about you? you... Oh, <laughs> I thought you were asking him. Are, yeah, are I you am asking, asking him. Okay. Yeah. Oh, for me? Yeah. Um, yeah. you mean for stress? Um, well, uh, if, uh, we like, um, plan ahead, if, if there's a stressful, stressful situation that we're anticipating, um, then we'll, uh, come up with, uh, options. Um, like if we're going uh, somewhere where, uh, you know, if we're going to visit an old friend and we know that they use or we know they're a heavy drink like that, then we might bring, you know, a drink along with us or bring, um, you know, some crossword puzzles or whatever it is um, in order to do that. That would be a strategy, you know, that's like one of the tools. Um, and then, um, thanks. Um, yeah. Uh, and then um, just for like, as far as me and, and stress, I'm, I'm pretty good. Um, I don't really have a problem with it, but, um, it's just, uh, with, with our programs, um, it's, it's something that we need to, um, to, to kind of be aware of so that it doesn't throw us off of our plan, you know, so we don't let our guard by, uh, getting in situation and, and, you know, getting a case of, you know, the, Oh, to hell with it. You know, what do I care for? Right. Yeah. That sounds like one of the, the good things about smart recovery. I, I haven't attended one, but if you're, you know, talking about that and talking about stress, um, I know that sometimes in, um, in AA meetings, it, uh, you know, I've seen that in some meetings, it seems like you're only supposed to be talking about, you know, solution that they say, uh, you know, how things have changed, how things are great. And that, you know, um, people, if they share something going on with them or something that's difficult, then they're not in solution and they need to get in solution. Um, so I, I can see that in some meetings, people are discouraged from sharing things like that um, because uh, others will think that they're not, you know, working a good program or um, something along those lines. So I think that's something that, that we could, we can do better of. I, I think most of the secular meetings that I attend, you know, that's not the case. I haven't heard, you know, terminology like that of, of that, you know, you need to be in solution and that, um, 
it seems to me that most of the ones I attend, people feel free to talk about um, what their stressors are, particularly in this um, this time. And uh, because, you know, everything that stresses us could, <laughs> could cause us to drink, you know, all of the things going on right now, you know, um, can be potential triggers. And so, yeah. And so talking about that is important. And, um, and so, yeah, so I think some of the more traditional AA could, could probably learn from, um, from smart recovery in that aspect. Um, I, from what I've heard, people who have been around, you know, for, for 30 years say that, it, you know, it was more like that before. And then things have changed in the last, you know, 25 years of where it, it became a little more um, uh, harsh. <laughs> so, so, yeah. Well, thank you for calling. I appreciate it. Those are great questions. And uh, what's what smart? Do you go to smart uh, meetings online now, I guess? Um, actually, the smart meetings are not taking place, but um, the SOS, I haven't been able to find any smart Zoom meetings. Um, the, what my situation was, um, I started with SOS, and I tried the, um, the Dharma recovery, which was called Refuge Recovery at that time, and I went to a few of those. I went to the smart um, also, but the only, um, the, uh, the SOS, Secular Organization for Sobriety, um, that was pretty far away. That was about a 40 minute drive. And, um, finally, um, uh, so I had, I switched over to, um, smart recovery because they were closer. And, uh, at the end here, before the pandemic hit, I was doing, uh, three meeting, three separate meetings, um, once a week. And I would rotate between the three. Uh, one was, a two of them were smart recoveries, one in the morning, one in the e- evening. And then, um, the third one was an SOS meeting, and uh, that was that was only about thirty minutes away, so it was a little better. But um, now that the uh, now that we're about four weeks in, um, I think that's what it is. Um, uh, I just do um, SOS, um, you know, um, consistently or whatever the word is. Every week um, we have an SOS meeting, and you know, it's the same person that I used to go to in person, but. We, we've got our group, and now, like you say, with yours, where you get people from outside, um, you know, instead of just the, the little St. Louis neighborhood that we were in, we're getting people from, we've got three or four people from Buffalo, New York. We've got someone from, uh, also someone from the San Francisco Bay Area who's been joining us. And, uh, you know, one of the people is um, actually a, works at a treatment center, so that's great. And another person is a retired doctor. Um, so that's pretty cool too. Nice. Well, thank well, you again cool. for calling. And you know, I love St. Louis, by the way, it's a great city. That's a, I, I should, yeah, it's not that far from here. So, um, and it's a nice little escape sometimes. So anyway, thanks for calling. Appreciate it. You bet. Thanks guys. Uh, take care. Bye-bye. I was going to say with smart, um, they do have online meetings. This, if you go to the smart, um, website, and you go, they have uh, you can register to go to their online meetings and they're mm-hmm. a lot, they're different than the AA meetings online. They're more like seminars in a way they oh. go, they go for like an hour and a half, but you don't have what? to sit through the whole thing. I know it's hard for me to sit through an hour and a half on a, on a um, video call, but yeah. they're really, really well done. The presenters are some of their, probably are some of their best people, you know, and mm-hmm. they go through all the smart tools and everything and they really do a good job of it. So, you know, if you, ever want to check it out and learn something about smart, that's a good way of doing it. You just, you do have to register though, to get online 
to get to okay. go, be able to go to those meetings, but it's not a big deal. I just send you an email and you click on it to register like you do for, for some things. So anyway, good questions. I, I always feel bad when someone wants to talk about what I do for physical fitness. <laughs> 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 Nothing. Well, there, there are times, you know, in your sobriety when you were. So, I know. You know I, I know. I wish you would have asked me like five years ago or something. Yeah, sometimes, but that's the reality, and that's you know one of the things I think people like about our podcast is that you know we're not just saying you know or showing that we're perfect people who do a perfect program or anything like that. I mean, you know, uh, he asked about uh, you know stress management and, uh, and, you know, and, and, uh, staying sane or something like that early on. And, you know, the first thing we get into our call, I'm like, I was, I was cranky. <laughs> I, was, I was not using halt. <laughs> you know, I wasn't using the, the pause when agitated or doubtful. So, you know, I think that people appreciate that. Let's see who this is. How about that? We were reading the chapter with the electricity in the book and, uh, yeah, and last and last week and last week the uh, uh, Dale uh, was talking about he was an elect- electrician, you know. Uh, so sometimes they, sometimes the regular people I think get short circuited. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, Fred, for you calling. Know. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Well, thanks, Angela and Joan, for filling me in on your uh, history a little bit. I think that the, uh, you know, the Western, the Western states came a lot later in sobriety. My sponsor was a, an original member of the Oakland Eight in California, and I have a friend who who works at uh, uh, volunteer for the uh, state of Utah for the uh, answering service. You know, for the uh, I guess it's for like a people who are seeking recovery AA phone line watch, and uh, she she's got uh, uh, I think she said twenty eight or thirty years, and uh, so you know I have a few friends out west, but uh, you know that there's there's not a lot out there for me because I I went to, I went to some meetings in. Uh, Monterey and uh, Los Angeles and Big Sur. Uh, I went to some meetings out there a few years ago, but uh, they, they, their concepts were pretty much the same as the old thinking. And the only the only one the the only one that I I uh, that was different is that at that time they had a Different colored chips. They were the ones who were establishing different mm-hmm. colored chips for sobriety time. Okay. And you could pick up a brown one if you were having a a, a doo doo day. You know. Yeah. I don't know. What, I don't know what you can say <laughs> on the telephone, but they, all right. So they, that's what. That's that's what they that's that's what they said, and uh, I was. I just want to say that. Uh, you know, everything is okay these days. Everything is okay. You know, you cannot you cannot uh, point a finger at anybody or 
you know, everything is okay. Whatever people want to do, it's okay. And we all have rights, and we all have interests, and we all have pursuits, you know. Well, so, Fred, we better move on, I think. As long, so. as long as the both of you stay sober and keep, keep at yep. it, we'll enjoy listening to you. All Thanks right. so much. Take care. Be well, Fred. Thank you Thanks, for calling. Fred. Appreciate it. Bye, John. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye, Angela. Bye, Fred. That was nice of him to call in. He's going to be a re- he is a regular, isn't he? <laughs> yeah. Fred, good old Fred. Yeah. Oh boy. Um, we had a, a question early on. Let's see. I, I believe it was from Tracy. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, like at six oh eight. So um, let's see. What is it? Is it in the chat room? Yeah. Um, I so appreciate the work that you both do hosting this Friday evening program. Such a commitment for the benefit of us in recovery. What keeps you motivated? So what keeps you motivated? Oh, me? Oh, boy. Well, as far as just what? Motivated for what? <laughs> for this? For doing this? <laughs> to get up in the morning? No, to do just, the just show. Life? <laughs> yeah, because, you know, doing it every week. With, uh, well, why, why are you doing this? I love doing this. I love doing this. I love the podcast. I love I love doing this, everything about it. And I never thought I would ever be doing anything like this. I, uh, you know, about five years ago, um, we started this website, A Beyond Belief, and I wanted to have a podcast component to it and started doing this and just fell in love with it. All the people that I've been able to meet um, and everything that I've been able to learn over the years. So I love that. And then uh, I like this Friday live stream. Uh, this is something new too, but I, I, it just it energizes me. I'm always nervous, like I say, before each one. Um, but I like having the interaction, interaction with people live and, um, it's just really, it's just something I enjoy. And, and I know that it touches people. Um, you know, I get comments every once in a while from someone will send me an email or whatever, and Angela, an email and let us know what the podcast meant to them. And I think that is what inspires me to continue more than anything. Cause there are times when I get, I might feel burnt out. And when I do feel that burnout, I get one of those emails and it, and it reminds me what I, that, that i need to keep doing this. And I also have been thinking lately too, that, you know, if, if I do get burned out, it's because I, I have my irons and too many fires. I got too many things going on and I really need to kind of consolidate and just do what I enjoy doing, what I'm good at doing and what is helping people the most, I guess. And I really am finding that the podcast is where I really want to spend most of my spare time. And I'm, I'm really looking forward to kind of dropping some other things and focusing more on this as part of my recovery program. What about you, Angela? Oh, you know, pretty much the same. <laughs> so, so yeah, it's, uh, it's the putting something out there that, uh, that people, you know, would like to hear um, that, uh, that is still, I mean, it, it's not really new, but, um, but being able to put out, um, you know, ideas and rephrasing things that they've, they've heard in recovery, if they've been in recovery, um, for a long time so that it, uh, it sounds differently and it can, you know, revitalize their program or for people who are new to know that, you know, that maybe they can get sober in AA, um, that there are meetings that they can attend that can, um, that uses language that they might identify more with. Um, and, uh, yeah, so I, I do it to, to put those messages out there and, and particularly for people 
who are, you know, I've said before, um, in places where they can't attend secular meetings or they couldn't prior to Zoom, it, I felt it was important to, to do, um, you know, outreach and to do to the podcast with you on the steps so that they could see that they could still work a 12-step program and do the steps um, in a way that uh, that they could relate to and um, and still be able to be a part of the fellowship and, and um, attend meetings and stuff um, and just use, you know, slightly different language. So good. So Jackie has a question. She says that she's been in traditional A for a long time now, and she just got into the secular AA through the AA Beyond Belief podcast and now the Zoom meetings. And she's asking, what is the best way for someone to get plugged into service? Oh, boy, there's a there is a lot of opportunity right now. Um, You know, if you were so inclined, if you wanted to get involved with like helping out with the International Conference of Secular AA, that is supposed to go on in October of 2021. And you can actually contact the board of Secular AA at secular AA at gmail.com and just ask them how you can help and uh, we, they can put you to work. I know that there's some actually some board positions you can, you can um, apply for too, because we've had some people leave and you can do that. Um, but that's one way, one way of doing it. Now also um, I just got involved with just regular service work through my traditional AA group through the district. Now it's not my cup of tea. I'm not going to do it anymore, <laughs> but I, I kind of enjoyed it when I was doing it. Not necessarily the work stuff, I guess, but I, I enjoyed the social aspect and meeting people from other groups. But right now they're all doing it online. At least, you know, that we did the last area assembly online and, um, and there's, they're always needing people there. But that's really a good idea if for, uh, for someone that's in a secular AA group to get involved with their local district and their traditional AA district and, in the, and their area, because you can really make a difference just by having other people from other groups meet you and know that, you know, we really have a lot in common with each other. And sometimes you can actually get some change done, you know? Right. So. Yeah. Well, and the, you know, the secular arm or the, the service arm of AA, um, tends to be more secular in nature. You know, they, they don't generally talk at the different districts, you, you know, meetings about uh, higher power or things like that. So, um, so if it, you know, if that's uh, something that's important to you, that's a good place to do it. Um, another, another thing is, uh, yeah, to get your meeting um, part of, you know, the community of wherever you're at um, so that, so that they're recognized as a meeting um, and you have um, participation. So your group's voice can be heard. Um, You know, the, the main AA body is, is looking at uh, a thing on either not ending or ending international conferences with the Lord's prayer. And so like our, our, home group has a subcommittee that's looking at that more closely and studying that and going to bring back to our, um, our business meeting, um, what their advice is on how we could participate in that, you know, should we write letters, you know, saying that this is what we would like to see happen, you know, um, or are there other ways that we should do that? Um, so, so that's, you know, a good way to get involved. And it also, um, 
gets us, it puts secular people in positions to make the change, like you said. So, you know, if, if, um, if an area decided that they don't want to end any of their area meetings with the Lord's Prayer, they decide to take a vote on it. You know, if we have secular members that are on those committees, um, then we'll have a say and, and we'll be able to, you know, affect change. I think somebody had put in our, our Facebook group a question along the lines of, will AA change, um, um, you know, the steps and the Lord's Prayer and the Christian stuff and all of that kind of thing. And, you know, uh, on the whole, I, I don't think they'll do it by themselves, <laughs> you know, definitely not. But with our help, um, you know, and influence and, uh, you know, the, there's a possibility. It's definitely not going to be quickly. Um, but, you know, that would be the way that if that's the change you wanted to see in AA, they that uh, will be a way that you could go about it is by starting to be of service and move your way through the different service positions so that you're in a position to, to be somebody that people would go to, to ask those questions and to help, you know, make those decisions. So were you referring to Carl's question, the one that we got from the Facebook group? Um, I, I think so. Yeah. Think let so. me read that. Yeah. Cause it was an interesting question. <laughs> And I'm, I'm, uh, should I read the whole thing? I guess I will. God, higher power is completely speculation with no tangible evidence of truth. One cannot claim to be aware of that which does not exist. Therefore, AA to be inclusive and not biased must present factual science-based evidence, such as the inventory steps and possible 11 meditation benefits. Step one is also factual and content. The higher power steps need to go. Step 12, helping others is factual. The spiritual essence of the 12 principles underlying each step is valid as well. AA needs a new unbiased 12 steps and traditions can be eliminated as the world is always changing and such dogmas are never flexible or inclusive. New texts, new steps, no traditions, and definitely must be science-based evidence, science evidence-based using current research-based information. When will this happen? Higher power needs to be thrown out and discarded for higher wisdom. When will this happen? Well, here's the thing, in my opinion, okay? People will say, um, often say that, when will AA do this? Or when, when will, you know, why? AA is my home group. If I want to change anything in AA, I just bring it up at my business meeting at my home group. So if I don't like the way that we're reading the 12 step, steps at my home group, I can just go there and to the business meeting and tell them we all want to read them different, you know, and we can have a vote on it and do it. So, I mean, to me, there is no um, top-down AA. There is no authority that says this is what AA is and this is the way you must follow it and this is what you must do. AA is changed from the grassroots. It's from the groups themselves. So it, that's that's where the that's where the freedom is. Now you can affect some change at the conference level, I guess. Like you can have like a pamphlet, you know, maybe you can have them vote on a pamphlet or something, a pamphlet that nobody reads. Um, like when we got the Godward pamphlet out, you know, that was something that happened. You know, we could probably, um, you know, make a motion at the general service conference to have a new text written that addresses the the program of recovery you know we could certainly do that um and that would be like aa world services i guess that would publish that um and that's something that would just require a lot of time and effort through the service conference um and it's possible and i i have to tell you i do have a lot of respect for the service conference and how it works and what i have the most respect for is um they really they listen to the minority there's 
the, the minority opinion is taken very seriously. And I've been in the minority for a long time at our area assembly. And when I speak out and ask for something, people listen, they give me a second chance. Mm-hmm. And so you can't get things done that way. But AA itself, in my opinion, is your home group. It's my home group. So I can, yeah. make, we can make it whatever we want it to be. Right. Yeah. I'm, I'm totally with you on that. Um, what was the other question that we got by email? Oh, D- Dennis. Is that Dennis? Yeah. yeah. He said, I'd like to ask you and Angela in terms of sponsoring or just helping people. Do you find the steps even in a secular interpretation and as an effective path to sobriety? Are there any other aspects that have become more effective? I think this is a good question. I found that knowing more about neurology and concentrating on behavior modification as being more to the point. What do you, I'll let you take that one, Angela. Um, yeah, uh, you know, I, I agree that uh, at least in, in the way that I do them and the way I do my program that, you know, continuing, continuing education, uh, you know, except we don't get the CPUs. Um, that's uh, been something important to my program is to continuing to seek understanding about a lot of different things. So I do think that, that they're um, effective, um, but it, it depends on, you know, how you do them. Um, I would say that, uh, that, you know, I've, I haven't done them the way that they're written in the big book. Um, you know, the, majority of that text doesn't actually apply to me <laughs> because I'm a woman. And so, you know, we're always told, well, just, you know, change it. And, you know, it's like, well, no, that's what it says. So if you're going to, you know, say that you have to do the steps exactly as they're written in the book, then, you know, I'm now it, it doesn't work. Um, so, uh, you know, from the get go, um, I've had to revise, you know, how I do things and to have a different understanding. And so I do think that they can be effective, but, um, you know, it's a, it's a quality, you know, versus quantity type thing. Um, you know, I think it's important that uh, people who are sponsoring, you know, continue to learn, continue to grow and, and seek out different ideas on, um, on ways to do the steps um, and to, you know, continue to also suggest that people seek outside help for, you know, other things that that come up because we're not counselors we're not professionals but having some knowledge of you know different you know methods like cognitive behavioral therapy or um or being trauma informed you know things like that i think are very helpful for doing the steps because it it can help me guide somebody in a direction of getting uh, better help so that they can maintain their sobriety because if if they have some sort of trauma issue that that comes up um early in Discussing some steps, then I can get them in that direction before the fourth step, which can be really difficult for people who've um, who've been traumatized or have trauma as part of their story. Um, and so, rather than having them start going through stuff and maybe not having enough tools to be able to process that yet, I can get them to a therapeutic situation where they can be working on that, and then you know we can work on steps as needed, either with that or after they get some some sessions to process some of that more more difficult stuff um but uh but yeah i I do think that they're still um helpful um particularly to to those who don't have the income or are not able for whatever reason to uh seek additional um 
help outside either, you know, addiction counseling or just counseling in general, that it's a way for us to be able to help them do, you know, what we talked about earlier, which is, you know, we're we're trying to help people with daily lifestyle change, you know, to daily do something other than put alcohol in your body. And, um, and so I think we can still use the steps to at least get that, that process going and, um, and have kind of a systematic way for them to be able to think about their, their feelings and start processing things so that they can make that change. Yeah, I agree with you. I also think, you know, I think that a lot of the steps are a kind of experiential and basically um, by, by, if you say quote, working them or just discussing them with another person, I think what's nice about it is just, it just gives you a roadmap to follow as a, um, as a way of um, connecting with another person. It gives you a common language to, 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 to use with each other you know, um, so like when, if I'm, if I'm going to sit down and think about, you know, what that first step meant to me, that, that moment in my life when I realized I needed help, you know, um, and, and, and I do that in a way, maybe by reading a book and talking to somebody about it or whatever, you know, I don't think that that is necessarily the step itself is getting me sober, but it's that connection I'm making with that other person. And the steps is just another, it's just like a, you know, something that kind of helps facilitate the conversation, you know, because, you know, those first three steps are basically, you know, an experience that we had. And then you get into those steps where you do actually do something. And I do find those very valuable. You know, I think that, you know, four, th- four through um, seven were really valuable for me and still are, still are. Because that's actually where you get to work, you know, and um, was helpful for me. So I think there's some value in them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, I do work in the, the first three as well, but, um, but that is because I do them slightly differently. <laughs> and so, and so, you know, it's, you, it's building up to be able to do the Right. It is. Stuff. It is. It's preparing yeah. yourself for that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. So absolutely. It's like, it's, three, you're entirely ready yeah. to, uh, you know, start uh, looking at some of the, yeah. the tough stuff. And speaking that, of that too, it's real similar actually to smart because smart does the same thing. They, you know, they talk about stages of change and the steps actually kind of do the same thing because the the first stage of change, I, I can't remember how it goes, but it's like, you know, you have to make a decision, you know, you have to make a commitment. And that's really what, like you say, when you're going through those first three steps is what it's doing. It's, it's solidifying for you that commitment that you're going to make to sobriety and then taking the steps that will make staying sober easier. Right, right. Yeah, I listened to another podcast this afternoon um, that was on NPR, and it was on uh, forgiveness, and um, and it uh, you know not being about what you think it's about, and it, it's really good. I'll, I'll put a link to it in our Facebook group um, because basically, if you listen to it and you've been in recovery for any amount of time, you'll likely hear what what pretty much is what we do from four steps four through through eight or no four through seven really um and uh and but they phrase it in such a way that it's you know it's very succinct and to the point and up to date and i was just blown away i'm like that that is awesome and so um so i would suggest anybody who has has the time um check that out because um I, I really do think that um, it's pretty much what we're doing in that and um, when we're working the steps. And, and this is a way that, that people can get to some of the stuff that we're trying to get through um, in, in a quicker fashion, you know. So, um, so that might be better for anybody who's really struggling with, um, 
with some difficult feelings right now and um, and in a tough place and either can't reach out or don't know how or whatever, you know, that that podcast actually talks about covers a lot of stuff in in only 20 minutes and uh and it provides a worksheet so you know i like worksheets tracy wants to know she's asking if um she's wondering if meetings in the age of zoom uh will spell the end for areas and districts since we're from all over the country and the world what do you think about that angela how's how is um covid and mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I think that they'll still, I think they'll still have them. I think that they'll still, you know, base um, any meeting that has a physical component, I think will, will still be considered um, that location. Um, even if they, they have a, um, a zoom component as, as well. I think the meetings that started um, that don't have a location that they just truly are all over the place, like say um, the one that, uh, that we've started doing on Saturday and um, that those ones will likely need to work with the um, online intergroup and that uh, online intergroup will probably, if they don't already, I, I don't know that much about them, um, create um, where, you know, you're a group and you have a GSR and you have a way to, you know, um, be part of the service structure as well. So so that would be my guess. I, you know, I can't say for sure because I, I don't have my magic eight ball in front of me. But um, but I'm thinking that 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 would probably be the most you know, likely way. Again, we know that they don't move very fast. So changing um, <laughs> how they how they do areas and uh, districts and things like that, I'm, I'm not sure that that would change uh, very quickly. Um, so I, I think they'd still, you know, prefer um, likely us to be have, you know, one member be in a location and say that that's where the group is. So kind of like with the, the secular board of, you know, secular A board, the ICSA, you know, for a checking account and for all of that stuff, we have to have a physical location. So it was chosen to be in Las Vegas, Nevada. And, uh, and that's, you know, where, um, the GSO thinks, you know, that we're technically located when, when we aren't, we're all over the place. And so, yeah. Yeah. I, it, that is kind of interesting though, because I, I do think that this is going to have a lasting effect on how we, make it, make it to meetings. And I, and I do think that even when the pandemic is over and uh, we start meeting in person again, that these secular online meetings are going to remain. So it's like, it's like we've already grown these secular meetings just through this online component. And that's going to have an impact on AA as a whole, especially when, you know, those people that are going to those online meetings, um, the secular online meetings start going to their home group and they, they might start questioning things like, you know, can we stop saying the Lord's prayer or something like that? You know, it could make some change. Well, I think, it, you know, and just starting new, new meetings in their own area, you know, I think we'll see a whole bunch of them just pop up and, and that'll be something that, uh, that AA as a whole will need to deal with as well. But I, I do think that we'll still be able to have the, the groups that have people from all over the place um, and still have them be able to be part of the service structure. And, uh, and I think we'll be a big part of uh, pushing AA uh, into the future and into change that it may not have wanted to do prior to COVID. So, yeah, well, I can't believe that we're coming up on an hour already, but um, I had some questions for you. I wrote out like 20, <laughs> I know I wrote out like I 20 questions. 
20? Yeah. Oh but uh, let me see if I can find one that's a good one. Oh, the, yeah, well, this, I don't know. We could, this might be take too long. Um, what is more, okay, what is more important, the steps or connection with other alcoholics? What is more important, the steps or connection with other alcoholics? Well, I would say the connection with other alcoholics, because if I didn't have that, I wouldn't know how to interpret the steps. And I think to get the most out of the steps, um, you need another alcoholic to help you with it. Um, I know for myself that, you know, just reading them um, wasn't helpful to me. I mean, there were a couple that I'm like, okay, yeah, I, I can do that, or I understand that. I know how to make a list. Okay, we're good. Um, But that really wouldn't have, have, you know, helped me stay sober for long. You know, maybe it would have given me something to do for, you know, a couple of days. But, um, but yeah, I'm I'm definitely on the connection with with other alcoholics as being the key. And, you know, as we know, some people, that's all they need is to have that connection with other alcoholics. They don't need the steps. They don't need, you know, any of the additional stuff, the service work or whatever. Um, but, uh, but, you know, for me, I think that it it is helpful to have that connection and then start looking at the steps in order to, you know, continue to learn and grow. Well, the steps Um, also help facilitate that connection too, I think. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Cause it gives you, gives you that, you know, that, that thing in common that we have, you know, to share our experience with each other through these steps. Right. Yeah, I agree. And what yeah. a, well, I had a couple of questions for you. I was going to ask. Oh, here's... No, it's my turn. It's my turn. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so um, in less than two minutes, um, what are your top three favorite podcasts you've done? Oh, my God. You know, with, you know, it's, you know, we, all thinking... know we all know that they're all great and memorable own way and that that's you know it doesn't mean that you like them more you know on a given day but the top three that pop into your head that um that are memorable to you or that you think are important or you're particularly proud of i'll tell you the one um that for whatever reason i really enjoyed was it was a book god what was it called it was about okay it was a book called um shift happens so i read i read this book and shift happens written by this lovely lady from uh, Northern California. And she was a truck driver in the 1980s, the early 1980s, a woman truck driver. And there weren't very many of them. And she was um, recovering from mental illness and um, had a really bad problem with alcoholism. And so she wrote this um, book about her experience of um, getting through um, mental illness and alcoholism while learning to be an over the road trucker and then her experiences as an over the road trucker and recovery. And it was just a really wonderful, beautiful book. And she was a really um, interesting person, lovely lady. And I just enjoyed that very much. And I think about her sometimes. So that was probably one of my more memorable ones. Um, But all of them, like you say, uh, I've learned so much from, you know, the people that I've talked to over the years, you know, recently I, here's an interesting one. I just had this one like about a week ago. I don't know what I'm going to do with it, but I kind of have become friends with her. So I had this podcast with this, this um, lady and she's a younger woman and she, she is really cool. She's got her own podcast called um, sober gratitude. And she's just really excited about sobriety. She loves her podcast and everything. So I did this, I did, I interviewed her 
And I didn't really realize, but she was like really into God and really into the big book, <laughs> you know? And, and so she talked about like all throughout the podcast, it was like, oh, thank God for this. Thank God for that. God has helped me with this. God has helped me with that. I don't know if she really realized that it was a secular podcast or what it was, but anyway, she was just so nice anyway. So we're going to be, we're going to, um, she and I are going to try to create a Facebook group for um, recovery podcasters. And so it was kind of funny. I made I made a friend with her, but I don't know what I'm going to do with this podcast. I don't know if I'm going to be able to put it put it out or not. Well, you probably do a qualifier on it so people know, you know, what to expect. Yeah, I, I've just never had that happen before. I've never had someone come on, you know, it, it, you know, like that. But uh, I've had a believer on before. I did a podcast with um, John, my friend from Texas, who has uh, what is it called? I can't remember off the top of my head. I'm sorry too late but anyway he's a believer and, and we became friends i was on his podcast and he was on mine so yeah but i think that that um shift happens was one of my favorites um simply because of the story and everything um so yeah she was really an interesting person and you and margo is her name anyway she's got a website she writes poetry she's very talented and i hope she's doing well i should touch base with her yeah well, I, I know that one that is, you know, very popular is the one with John Stewart. That is. Um, and I think part of the reason is, you know, yeah, you know, people, um, people get angry with it and they're looking for, you know, how they can stay sober um, without being a part of it. But also, I think the picture you put up of the, you know, the person in the shadow and then the name John Stewart, um, people, you know, assume that it's uh, the American one. And so I think that's, that's what he says. He says it's reason so popular. Everybody thinks it's the American John Stewart. Yeah, I don't and, know. And, the, and the picture that you put up there. And but so, that yeah. is a memorable one too, actually, because that was one of the very first episodes and he was just so nice. And um, yeah, I'm he, looking forward to having him uh, come back. Yeah. He's really, he's really interesting. And I enjoyed that conversation a lot and learned a lot from him and have a lot of respect for him. So yeah, we'll definitely have to have him back, have him oh, on the yeah. podcast again. He's one of the most uh, requested of, of people. So we've been working on that. And, and so, yeah, yeah so I think he said in September. Yeah. So we're holding him to it. Yeah. So. All right. Well, I guess that's going to be it. I hope that this was useful, a useful use of everyone's time, that the questions were interesting and the answers were coherent. (laughs) I've been inspired to maybe start working out. Maybe. Actually, I was talking to my wife about that today. Told her I need to start working out. Well, anyway, thanks for listening to another episode of AA Beyond Belief, the podcast. Um, If you'd like to help us out, you can do so by uh, getting to our Patreon page, patreon.com slash AA Beyond Belief and becoming a patron with small contributions or just go to our website, aabeyondbelief.org and click on the donate button. But again, I know that uh, in these, these are tough times. Not everybody has a job. Not everybody has money. So don't worry about it if you don't. Just uh, listen and uh, we'll connect with each other. Be back real soon. Take care, everyone. Bye-bye.